My brothers and sisters, I have been uh, spending time with you dealing with this idea of the quiet mind for troubled times. And this is the 28th iteration of this word, the quiet mind for troubled times. We've grounded ourselves in Psalm 46 and verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I, I want to tell you that I realize even the more that some of what I'm going to say tonight, which I'm going to repeat from a little bit from last week and then enter into new material, some of what I'm saying is just difficult for people to deal with, and some will even see it as silliness for one to surrender one's will and even the way one carries oneself over to God. And in their seeing it that way, it is because, the Apostle Paul says, they are unspiritual. It is their unspiritual self that by nature cannot receive the Spirit of God. That unspiritual self automatically judges what we want to do and who we want to be, and it sees itself as, I want to be my own independent person. I don't need God. I'll do my own thing. The problem with that is, without God, we're nothing. But God wants us to get to the place where we realize who we are in him, where we don't have to be verbose. We don't have to be loud. We don't have to be aggravating and agitated. We can live a life of quiet strength so that we're not walking in weakness rather in quiet strength. Uh, some of you might uh, remember back in the day, and this goes back way, 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 way back. Some of you might have seen the old pictures of it, but Bruce Lee was my man back in the day. The only time you heard Bruce Lee make a loud noise was when he was getting ready to hit somebody and you could hear him, what the hell? Whoop, whoop, whoop. And that was when he, he was hitting you then. By then you, you had already been hit two or three times. His foot would go up and there, bam, 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 you know. It wasn't that he didn't have strength. It was there was no reason to act like I'm bad or whatever. I can walk around in peace. I know who I am. And I do think that when you know who you are, you don't have to brag about it. You don't have to be loud about it. You don't have to worry about impressing people because you know who you are. Colossians chapter 3, and, and I've read it several times. I just want to lift up a, a single portion from uh, chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 in the Message Bible which says this, so chosen by God, and, and I want you to put your name in there. So chosen by God, say your name. And, and let me do it. So chosen by God, Benjamin, for this life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. And here's the, here's the outfit. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, being even-tempered. Stop right there. The wardrobe God wants for me is the wardrobe of compassion and kindness and, 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 and to get to the place of humility that I can have quiet strength and be disciplined. Not easy to do that particularly in a world of, of, of repercussions and, and you know, we, we're going to give rewards and retributions. We're going to get you back. Uh, we're going to fight. We're going to do our thing. And then when Jesus comes up in Luke 6 and says, love your enemies, do good to those that hate you, or bless those who curse you, or pray for those who spitefully use you, that goes against 
everything that is normal in your regular everyday interaction. Loving enemies is not easy. And doing good for people that you know dislike you is not easy. But what one has to do is to get to the place where your love is genuine and you're so enthralled with your relationship with God that nothing is more important than that relationship and no other relationships, whatever people are doing or saying, can interfere with that. You're going to love God and love others. And, and, and I suppose that that's why when we get to this idea tonight that we've been dealing with about having a quiet mind, we are getting to the place where a part of my way of being quiet in my own mind is to get to a position where I can give grace to others that I want for myself. Let me say that again. I can give grace to others that I want for myself. Okay, let me give you an example. I send a text message out. I think you got it. And I'm now all of a sudden, because I, there was a request in that text message that you would do a certain thing, now I, if normally a person would get angry. I can't believe so-and-so didn't do it. I can't believe they didn't take care. I told him, I know I sent the text out at 5 o'clock this morning, and here it is 5 o'clock this evening, and nothing has happened. Now here's what giving grace to, your, to other people is like. Your first thought is, maybe my text didn't go through. Here's what giving grace looks like. Your second thought is, I wonder if everything's okay with them. Because normally they would have responded by now. Your third thought is, I need to check on them to make sure everything's all right. What I'm doing now by extending grace, even if they were wrong and foul, I'm creating a relationship with them that's going to let them know that if I don't respond, they're going to be worried about me and I need to do better quicker. See how it works? In other words, I am shaping the relationship with you that I want to have for myself. I'm going to extend you grace. Instead of going to, from zero to 60 or getting mad right away, I'm going to give you grace because I'm going to learn how you operate and you'll learn how I operate. And if we want to be in fellowship and relationship, we'll try to operate in a rhythm that each other can live with. It's not easy. I, I, want, to, uh, I, want, to, I want to lift up for you as, I, as I'm traveling through this text, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, because this is going to be the part of the grounding for something I'm going to say in just a few moments, and it's going to mess a few people up, but you're going to get over it, but you're going to have to grab this, this is tough stuff here tonight. Ephesians 4, and I want to read that from the Living Bible, the Living Bible, verse 2 is all I want to take right now. I could grab verse 3, but okay. It will be good. All I can get is verse 2. He says, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. That's what extending grace is all about. Be patient with each other. In this COVID-19 time, we need to be patient with each other. Everybody's nerves on in. Everybody's concerned. Everybody's worried. Everybody's wondering, am I next? Is this one my loved one sick? People, everybody knows someone or knows someone that knows someone has either had the virus or has passed from this life into the next. Everybody's wondering about jobs. They're wondering if I'm going to have a job. They're wondering if the second stimulus is coming out. Will I get help with my rent? Will I be able to pay my mortgage? Will my business, which was thriving before this pandemic hit, will my business ever pick up again? How long can I hold on in the place where I am right now? Everybody is unhinged. How long? I, I, was, I was teaching a course the other night, and uh, one of my students said, please excuse me because while I'm teaching right now, I have my son here. My son is in the room. And, and he, you, you look, everybody has children at home, those who have small children. They're trying 
trying to teach them. They're in these all kinds of different kind of class frameworks. Some are going to school every day for a few hours. Some are going to school halftime. Some are in hybrid programs, and they're all frazzled. Give grace to each other. Be patient with each other. Now, here's the big one. And I know you probably don't look at it like this, but this is big. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let me say it again. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You know, if you're a godly person and you really love God, the one thing you have to learn how to do is to make allowances for other folks' faults. You're gonna have to know how to forgive folk. And I'm gonna tell you this, I said it last week, I'll say it again. To forgive is an exhibition of godly character, moral courage, and mature behavior. To forgive is an exhibition of godly character, moral courage, and mature behavior. You're going to walk in a maturity that will allow you to make allowances for other people's faults. Some people just mess up. And there are some people in your life that always mess up. I don't want to take too much time because I've got too much new material I want to drop on you tonight. But I want to go back through those things that I left with you last week. And I want to, I want to linger around on, on the third point again for a moment. But, but the first thing I told you last week from the text, if we read the amplified version of verse 2, it says, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. Let's go through it again. Humility, and I said last week, humility is contentment. Contentment. Humility is contentment. That, that's where I get to the place where I know who I am, but in being who I am, I don't need to put you down. No matter my station in life, I don't need to put you down. You know, we've got some members of this church who have hold, held high positions of high esteem in various places. They've been doctors, lawyers, superintendents, and, and you would not know it by what they do in the body of Christ. They'll do anything, any job, anywhere. How can I help? What can I do? Where, where can I pull in at? Because, you see, the humility in them and the contentment with what God has given them allows them not to need to be a big I or make you a little you. And that's where you want to get. And let me tell you something. If you stay humble, nothing can, 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 can mess with you. I use this all the time, and I love this, the phrase, and I, I'll say it again. Humility cannot be humiliated. It's a Howard Thurman quote. Humility cannot be humiliated. The more you learn how to be humble, nobody can humiliate you. One of the reasons why Charles Barkley is, uh, and, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal do so well on their uh, program as they talk back and forth about basketball is because each of them can take the toughest joke. They can laugh. People can try and talk about the fact that Charles doesn't have any rings. Charles Barkley was a great NBA play, uh, basketball player. The round mound of rebound but he never won a championship. He's a Hall of Famer, great player, but he never was on a team good enough to win a championship. Shaquille O'Neal, people talk about the way he talks, the way he laughs, they, they try to talk about his height, and all. they make jokes all the time. Hey, so what? At some point, when you learn who you are, you, you can't be humiliated. Humility cannot be humiliated. If you're humble already, People can say what they want to say. People can do what they want to do. And you're content with you. You need to get happy with you before you go looking for somebody to make you happy. Big, big news for someone right now. No one can make you happy. The second one in there was gentleness. And by gentleness, I, I mean carefulness. 
that, that, that's learning to, 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 to live a life where you are, mm, how, how do I put this? You live a life where you maintain a kind of comfortability with self, where your self-control is in place. Oh, can, 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 we, can we maintain some dignity of self-control? The one thing we have seen of late is what, what the lack of gentleness looks like in public office. Because they, they, they're so self-absorbed, they have no self-control. At some point, there ought to be some gentleness about you. And some of us right now, let's be honest, we are too rough in everything we do. We're difficult in everything. We, someone could ask you about breakfast, and you'll be like, no, I don't want no pancakes today. Well, I, I wasn't trying to make you mad with pancakes. We could have something else. But, but, and even when they don't mean to come off that way, watch this. The fact that you do not mean to hurt me does not mean I am not hurt by what you do. You see, you, you equate intention with outcome. Just because you were not intending to do a thing does not mean the outcome from the action did not have a direct opposite effect than what you were looking for. You have to bring you under subjection. Well, let me, I, I'm going to hit it hard here and I'm going to come back to this because I got a whole thing I want to do on this. I, I feel like this is important. The third thing in there was calmness or patience. Patience equals calmness. And I'm going to tell you in a minute that patience and calmness equal peace. But I'll come to that in a moment. Calmness. That's the mental state of a peace of mind. Being free from agitation. That's, what, that's the Webster Dictionary definition. It's a peace of mind that is free from agitation, excitement, and disturbance. I, you need to be calm. Now, I know some people right now, you, 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 you might say this is a good time for you to be aggressive or to be loud. No, no, this is a time for you to calm down. Calm down. Bring yourself into, con into connection with God. Calmness in relaxation is achievable with relative ease. Calmness in relaxation is achievable with relative ease. I want to tell you this. It's achievable. It's easy to get there. Can I, can I, can I say another word that might upset you? But you got to want to get there. I know some people whose personality is abrasive who don't want to change. And you've already been told your personality is abrasive. You are, you, your mama told you when you were young. People tried to beat it out of you when you were a kid. They tried to talk it out of you. They've been praying for you to come. But no one can get it out of you but you. And you have to do that with God. It's achievable, but it has to be first desirable for you. I, I, I need to, to put this out here. Achieving real-world calmness in the midst of fear, frustration, or failure is the ultimate goal of a quiet mind. Again, achieving real-world. And I use the words real-world uh, with, with great interest because what I'm trying to say is that you can have calmness when you're at your house and you're by yourself and you're in your, your bathtub taking a Calgon bath saying, take me away. That's an old commercial for you young people. You can have calmness there, but real world calmness has to, be, has to be achieved and lived while you're driving down the street and you get cut off. Real world calmness has to be achieved when you're in the grocery store and someone gets too close without a mask. Real world calmness has to be achieved when you're having an interaction with law enforcement, help us Lord Jesus, cover with the blood. Real world calmness has to happen when someone comes at you sideways, and we all know what that means. 
so it's in the real world. But when you get there, you'll know that you have a quiet mind. Understand this. Emotional distractions are the biggest enemy of a calm spirit. Emotional distractions are the biggest enemy of a calm spirit. Some of us don't have a calm spirit because we keep getting emotionally thrown off. We keep getting emotionally distracted. So the answer to this is, since the emotional distractions are going to be there, the real answer then is that I must learn how to train my mind. So that here's, here's where I want to put it. Training your mind and surrendering your will to God brings all distractions under subjection. Training your mind, surrendering your will to God, brings all distractions under subjection. I have to train my mind. I have to make my mind come into compliance with my will. And I've got to make sure my will is being supplied and being supported and being undergirded by my relationship with God because if I allow my will of the flesh to take over, it will go in one direction as my will of the Spirit of God will take me in another direction because I want to be in the place and in the will of God and not in the will of my flesh. Because in my flesh dwells no good thing. And I'll say this to you till the cows come home. Some of y'all know. If you did what first came across your mind all the time, folk would really see a different you. Because see, some of y'all, you, you already, you, 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 you've already smashed stuff, thrown stuff, hit stuff. But in your mind, you process it real quick, said, oh, I'm not going there. No. Why? Because you brought, a, you brought a bad emotional reaction under subjection. Well, if you did it then, you need to learn how to do it all the time. It ought to be a part of the way you process to the point that that doesn't even come up anymore. It doesn't come up as an option in your thinking because that's not who you are. See, the throwing, the smashing, the punching, the fighting, the hitting are options that are stored in your mind and in your spirit because they are options that you've used recently and so your mind goes to the ready recall and brings up those as options. But the more you bring them under subjection, the only options will come up will be the ones that align with the word and will of God. That's what we call training your mind. I, I, um, I'm going to repeat this real quick just so it gets back on the screen in case you missed it last time. But understand this. Disturbing the peace is a real crime, albeit normally a misdemeanor, but a crime nonetheless. Unfortunately, many of us have been guilty of this numerous times. Guilty of disturbing the peace of others and our own peace. You might need to leave that for a second. We're guilty. But not only disturbing the, disturbing the peace of others, in so doing, disturbing our own peace. We disturb our own peace. And what happens is, when we do this, we ruin our place in peace and in God. You know, I, I, um, I, I have to tell you, negative emotions which are usually related to when something goes wrong. Somebody does you wrong, somebody mistreats you, or something doesn't come together. Of all the disturbances that garner our attention, the ones that are accompanied by negative emotions have the greatest impact on our mood or our spirit. Those are the ones that have the greatest impact. I, um, yeah. So, you have to get to the place where you cultivate calmness. That's the training I'm talking about. You cultivate calmness. 
You cultivate it. You cultivate calmness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance. This is the quiet spirit in a single word. The quiet spirit in a single word is calmness. 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 You see, I, I've, I, I, I have processed in my own spirit the, react, the idea that if, if one doesn't calm down, then you will, you will find assistance to get there. So it's either calm down, control yourself, or be controlled by others. And some of us have been puppets on emotional strings and folk have been abusing us because they know how to push our buttons. They know how to get you going. They know how to get you off on a tangent, get you off task, get you to something else. Remember, people will exploit your lack of self-control. People will exploit your lack of self-control. Anger management. People will, will exploit it. They'll exploit you. The last in the list is love. And I put caring. Caring. Be humble and gentle. Ephesians 4 and 2 in the Living Bible. I read it earlier. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Stay with me right here. This is, this is you, you don't have this one yet, so you want to get it. In order to live beyond emotional pain or the emotional pain that people can inflict on you, you must accept people at their worst. In order to live beyond emotional pain that people inflict upon you, you must accept people at the worst. Uh, I think that, let me, let me see if I can, I can work with this. Um, let, me, let me say it this way. It's not easy to love people that are flawed. It's not easy. But that's what love requires. Come on, stay in church. Don't leave, don't leave, don't get mad yet. Love requires loving people with their faults, flaws, and foibles. You got to love them with their faults, flaws, flaws, and foibles. Foibles is just another word to speak to weaknesses and imperfections, their blemishes. Yeah. I know you wish everybody was as perfect as you are. I'm sorry. That's not the truth. And to be honest, neither are you perfect. You have to learn how to love people with their faults, flaws, and foibles. If you can't love beyond the three F's, you can't really love. Ask any married couple. If you can't love beyond the three F's, you can't really love. Ask any married couple. I know of no married couple who did not, after they were married, discover things about their mate that they didn't know before they got married. I won't, I won't, I won't tell the whole story, but I, I, I got a good friend, I love him, dear brother. And when he got married, he said, I knew I was marrying a beautiful woman, I just didn't know I was marrying the national debt. Yes, <laughs> you'll get it later. 
You, you, you'll, find, you'll find out. You, there, there's something. Let me put it to you like this. This is the truth. Here's the truth you got to hold on to. Everyone you meet will have them openly or hidden, but realize they are there. Everyone you meet will have them. The them is the flaws, the foibles. They, they, they'll have them, whether they're openly out there that everyone can see or hidden, but you have to know they're there. Realize they're there. Ah. It's, it's important you get this because see, if you walk into any relationship or any relationship you're in now, I don't care if it's a coworker relationship, I don't care if it's a relationship with the bus driver when you get on the bus, take a, take a ride home. Everybody has flaws and foibles. You have to know this. You have to realize that. And your grace is already extended because you recognize it. So you're not thrown off by it. You're not, you're not all of a sudden now, wow, I can't believe you were like that. Really? You think everybody shows all their cards? You know, the reason we dress in clothes, well, one of them, is to hide stuff. And we got stuff that we can buy. You know, it used to be the ladies all bought the spandex. And they would, you know, they would tuck in and pull in, and they would reduce 20 pounds just when they got dressed. But sisters, y'all ain't by yourselves no more. They got spandex for us brothers now, and we tucking in too. So now you get home, and you 20 pounds heavier, and he 20 pounds heavier too. <laughs> you thought you had a 10, and you got a 9. <laughs> you better act like you know. We all managed to do it. We do it with your hair, you know, you do it with your clothing, you do it in every way you can. You do it when you take your pictures. This is my best side. What does that mean, the other side not any good? I watched a little bit of Saturday Night Live the other night, and I don't know what the song they were playing off of, because I really didn't get it, but uh, the, they made a joke about uh, they wanted to see the person uh, with their mask down. Pull your mask down. Because everybody look pretty when from the eyes up. So pull your mask. <sighs> we all have them. Listen. This is a good one here. Deciding the extent to which you can move beyond toleration to celebration will let you know how close uh, you can be to, in proximity to them. To what extent? We'll let you know how close in proximity you can be, live with them. You have to know, I don't need you to tolerate my flaws. I don't tolerate. I need you to accept me and celebrate me for me. I, I, I don't need you just to tolerate my flaws, but I need you to accept me for me. They're there, I'm gonna accept your flaws, you accept my flaws, and we're just gonna be flawed happy. Yes, flawed happy. Reason why some folk ain't happy right now is because they found out about the flaws and then all of a sudden they lost their mind. Well, I thought you were all that. Well, I thought you were more too. Yeah. There was a movie, there was a, a, a one of the black exploitation movies. I can remember it real good, where the guy takes the girl home from the club. Y'all remember that movie? And then she starts taking her stuff off, and she pulls off her hair, and she pulls off, what movie was that? Don't y'all remember that movie? She starts taking stuff off, she pulls off. Well, uh, he thought he had something. Look, we all have this. I'm sorry, Sister Sherry, I'm just on a roll. I can't help myself. Listen, listen, you have to know. <laughs> you got to know sometimes everybody got them. 
get ready for it. Okay, all right, let me, let me go. I gotta hurry up, I gotta hurry up. Somebody put that movie in the, in the, in the, in the Facebook thing. Y'all know what movie I'm talking about. It was, it was one of the waning boys was in that movie. I can remember right now, it's crazy things. Listen, I gotta give this to you. The quiet mind is the result of a quiet spirit. So if you can't get your spirit under subjection, you'll never bring your mind under subjection. Develop your mind by practicing contentment, carefulness, calmness, and caring. Contentment, carefulness, calmness, and caring. You gotta develop your mind. Now, I've set you up again. So in the next 15 minutes or so, if I can, I want to give you five necessities of peace and calmness. Five necessities of peace and calmness. Five necessities. I said, Sister Moody, I'm going to get you, sucker. That was, <laughs> that was what? I'm not trying to tell y'all to go watch it because it's, I don't, I don't remember, can't remember the whole movie and so I, might be some stuff in there you're not supposed to see. So, <laughs> I might even be telling on myself that I saw it. <laughs> All right, five necessities, here we go. Can I, can I say another word real quick? Here it is. Number one, you have to practice peace slash calmness in daily life. I'm smushing together peace and calmness. You've got to practice it in daily life. This is a necessity. This is a necessity. <laughs> in daily life. Every day you've got to practice it. Every day you've got to practice it. You can't take days off. Every day you've got to practice peace and calmness. Now peace and calmness are synonymous for us tonight. So hold them together. Romans 12, 18. I'm going to use the New King James Version first. But Romans 12, 18, looks what it says. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, I like that. He says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, I'm, can't, I'm not responsible for what someone else does but I'm going to do my part to try to walk in peace. I'm going to do my part to try and live in peace. I'm going to do my part to try and maintain the peace, try to hold it up, try to keep us from going at one another. Verse 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give, give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 19, therefore, if your enemy hungry is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, here's, here's the lesson here. If you do right, even if someone else keeps doing wrong, you don't lose out because God ultimately is going to take care of it and they will get their comeuppance sooner or later. So you just keep doing right. I'm not wishing anything bad on you. Only thing I can tell you is you really need to try and figure your life out because you're setting yourself up for something negative to happen. If you, if you keep getting extended love, people keep extending you grace, and you keep sucking in and, and swallowing like a sponge, like a leech, all of their grace and never giving anything back. Verse 20 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
So I need to get to the place where I'm walking my life in God that, hey, man, I'm going to try and live, the be live my best life. You know, uh, you know, I still, you know, little Duval still got me. Do you know that song? I'm living my best life. Never mind. <laughs> ain't going back and forth with you haters. That, that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you haters. Y'all know I changed that word right there, right there, right there. I'm still living my Amen. The only way you're going to live your best life is that you live in peace and you practice it every day. That's how you're going to live your best life. Okay. Here, this is number two. Number two. Perfect, perfect rather, peace, calmness in devotional life. In devotional life. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. In my devotional life, that's where I'm going to perfect it. I'm going to perfect the peace. I'm going to, now, can I, can I bless somebody right here? And this also might offend you, so if you get offended, it means that I stepped on your toe, and so you better just say, ouch, don't get mad with me because I ain't doing wrong. If you don't have any peace and calmness in you, it might say more about your devotional life than it says about God or anything else. Maybe you're not spending enough time in your devotional life. Maybe you're not spending enough time in quiet prayer with God. Just saying, don't get mad. And if you got mad just then, guess what? I was talking to you. I'm all up in your Kool-Aid and I got the flavor tonight. I'm all in there. I'm in there. I'm stirring it up. Okay. Psalms 94 verse 12. If you go to Psalm 94 verse 12, it, it'll, it'll help you right here. I'm going to pull the message Bible out for this one just because I like its translation. Here's what it says. How blessed the man you train, God, the woman you instruct in your word. Wait a minute. How blessed the man you train, God. The woman you instruct in your word. Providing a circle of quiet within the clamor of evil. Stop right there. He says, the person who walks in the training, the knowledge, the wisdom, and instruction of God, who's in God's presence, God provides for you a circle of quiet even when you're surrounded by evil. You don't have to worry. Rest assured, that's what the end of the verse says, justice is on the way. Every good heart will be put right. L listen, listen. You have to know that God wants to provide a circle of quiet in your life. Bless his holy name. Woo, preach up in here once. The reason why you want to get to meditating, the reason why you want to spend time in prayer, the reason why you want to go before the Lord and lay on your face and spend that time, the reason why you want to turn that gospel music up, the reason you want to just get and allow God to, to saturate your spirit, it's because what you know, God is going to provide for you a circle of quiet. I don't know how I would have made it these last six, seven months if I hadn't been spending time with God. I don't know how I would have made it. Because God keeps having to come back with everything that happens, every wave that hits, and then provide a circle of quiet. And he does it. The closer you are to God, the less likely you'll stay upset. The closer you are to God, 
the less likely you'll stay upset. Order my steps in your word, Lord. I know I gotta go. I feel something up in here, y'all. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, y'all. Um, if you drop down to verse 16, I'm gonna bless you again, y'all. Y'all, y'all coming with me here? Cause I never would have made it. I never would have made it. I never would have made it. I never would have. Listen, listen. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, here you go. Psalm 94, verse 16. He says, here's what the psalmist says. I'm in the message Bible still. It says, here it is. Who stood up for me against the wicked? Who took my side against evil workers? If God hadn't been there for me, I know I got some folk out there right now. Understand what I'm talking about. If God hadn't been there for me, I never would have made it. The minute I said I'm slipping, I'm falling, your love, God, took hold and held me fast. He 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 doesn't try to act like he wasn't having a hard time. He said, the minute I said I'm slipping, the minute he said, I'm falling. I got stuff happening in my life. I'm slipping and I'm falling. This is what devotion will do for you. When you get with God in your devotional time, you can tell God, God, I'm slipping, I'm falling. And God says, your love, my love, my love, my love took hold of me and held me fast. Ooh, 
I realized you're the one I held on to. Never would have made it. No, 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 I never. Without you. But now I see you were there for me. Never would have made it. But now I see you were there and he, he said, he said, he said, look, he said, because God, you were there for me, because you were right there by my side, I know I wouldn't have made it, but since you were there, something happened in me because you caught me. He said, and I turned out that now I'm, I'm stronger and I'm wiser and I'm better, much better than I was before because you were there for me. I'm, I'm, okay, I got to get out of here. I, I'm not going to get to everything, but let me watch this, watch this. He said, he said, when I was upset, and beside myself. Has anybody been upset and beside yourself? Say that, 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 I, I just need to hold that for a moment. That's, that's what he said. He said, I was upset and I was beside myself. But I've been hanging around with you so much. I've been praying so much. I, I've been talking to you so much. I've been in your presence so much. I, I, there's a peace that has come over me in the midst of this mess that we're in right now. I still got a peace on me because I, you, you've done something for me, God, that I couldn't do for myself. I couldn't get myself together. I was beside myself. I was not even in my right mind. I was beside myself. And here's what you did, God. You calmed me down. Woo! <laughs> That's what devotional life will do for you. That's what devotion will do for you. God will calm you down. That's what he'll do. He'll calm you down. And, and I got good news for you. He won't just calm you down, but he'll cheer you up. Uh, <laughs> I got to get out of here, y'all. He'll cheer you up again. Oh, I never, never.
Now I see you were there for me. Y'all don't bless me tonight. Saints, I love you tonight. I just, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. You can tell I'm happy. I'm, I want to thank God tonight. I'm so glad you were with us tonight in this study. I, um, I've got less than two minutes left, so I've got to leave you. But I want you to know I love you. I love you with the love of the Lord. I this thank God for this wonderful band blessing us tonight. They came right in and ministered so beautifully. I, I'm just um, excited about Jesus tonight. I'm excited about what God is trying to do in the body of Christ. You know, sometimes you just don't know what God wants to do, but you know God wants to do something great. And I love each one of you, saints. Whew. Let me tell you, I'm going to get off of Facebook Live but then I'm going to go on to Zoom. And if you want to get on the Zoom with me, the Zoom number is on there. And I'll be on Zoom for about a half hour on Zoom. So I will continue the conversation on Zoom. I'm going to pick it up on the five P's when we come back next week. I'm going to pick up the five P's. You only got the first two, so you know there got to be three more. Amen? So stay with me. I'll be here next week with it. That's the Zoom information that was just on the screen. Just go on there. We'll talk to you. I'm not moving out of this spot right here. I'll be right here in this spot. We'll just be on a conversation with you and me. And we're going to be right here. And I'm going to be so glad to be in your presence tonight. Uh, Brother AC sitting in with us tonight. Uh, his last name, Brother Cor. I'm so glad to have you with us, man. What a blessing to have you here tonight. You wonderful, man. Wonderful. We've been enjoyable. We appreciate you. And I just appreciate our regular members of the band. What a, what a blessing y'all have been. Y'all y'all playing like y'all love baby Jesus tonight. Amen. Appreciate y'all. It's been a beautiful, beautiful job. Beautiful job. Yeah. Uh, Sister Gloria said, Ariana, you're going to make me throw my shoe at you. So, uh, uh, and uh, folk want to know where you got your t-shirt from. So that's, <laughs> let me just tell you, I love you. I got to go. If you enjoyed the word tonight, I need you to give. Give into the benevolent gift. Tonight's offering is for benevolence. And people will tell you we've been giving benevolently. I want to tell you that, Shiloh, you have really showed love in the last few weeks. And you really demonstrated. And the Williams family appreciates you. And uh, I want to just um, uh, tell you, those are the ways to give. Cash App, Givelify. I need you to continue to show love. Uh, the, the, again, the Zoom ID is up there on the screen. But I need you to show love. We need you to sow a seed into this time here for our Bible study, our benevolent gifts. These are funds that the deacons get to use to show love and men, do ministry with. But I also want to thank all the churches and the saints that joined us in being a blessing to the families that have been lost loved one, our dear brother, uh, Brother Minister Williams. And I especially want to give a, a shout out and a thank you to our own. Uh, they love us and we love them. New Life is really a sister church and a sister beloved. Co-Pastor Burns, uh, that's, that's Pastor Burns and Co-Pastor Burns. They, they keep their word. They, they, they text me and say, this is what I'm going to do, Bishop. You can believe me if they say it, that's what they're going to do. And they stood in agreement with us. And I just want to love our new life and tell y'all, we got you just like you got us. You need us, Shiloh, we got your back. Amen. We got your back like fat back. I promise you, we'll be there greasy and all. We're going we gonna to have your back because we love you much. Amen. You all are true to your word. All the saints that have blessed, uh, I think Gloria called it love and life. 
uh, whatever you, you all were loving in life, and I appreciate and love you. Thank you, saints. Been a great night of Bible study, great night of teaching. Continue to, to get together. I'll see you here on Sunday morning, and I'm um, continuing the service series from Sunday, and then I'll see you back here on Tuesday night, continuing the quiet mind for troubled times. You know Bishop loves you. I'll see you on Zoom in a little while. God loves you, and so do I. This has been another one for Jesus. Shalom. <laughs>